It's called the Expand Expanding Pedal Board. I think this is absolutely genius. That is for sure bigger than my current pedal board. It's the greatest idea ever, Dario, absolutely knocking it out the park for me. Chris Keys for From Your Guitar. Today I am hanging out at Third Man Records Blue Room and I'm with Emily Wolf. If you don't know, now you know. This is Emily Wolf, everybody. Hey. And I want to talk about obviously great Epiphone signature you got here. We talked about it. Kind of think when we talked uh, pandemic, what, three years ago? Yeah. It was at prototype stage because this is June 2020. Oh my God. So now this is <laughs> out there for everyone to buy. Yeah. But I want to get into why you chose a semi hollow because clearly uh, feedback and noise you're not afraid of it. No so way. So it's like you embrace it. It's part of your sound. Dude, it's part so of the sound, yeah. explain why the semi-hollow and talk me through your specs on this bad boy. So the specs, um, it's based on a Sheridan because I used to play a Sheridan. I played Sheridan for years on the road. And so that's why it's, you know, that's a semi-hollow 335, but the configuration on the controls are different so it's like not a four knob there's a master tone um, and volume knobs here um, these are low output alnico pros indian laurel neck um, the headstock is smaller than the sheridan um, there's lightning bolt inlays and diamond f holes love that yeah it's because you know i mean you can't go into a shop as a normal everyday person and drop 10 grand on a Trini Lopez. What are you, are you serious? Something. You can't? <laughs> I can't, dude. I'm if you like, don't have debt, you're not like, an American. <laughs> that's, that's true, dude. Rack them up. Yeah. But yeah. Add to cart. <laughs> yeah, dude. Add it to cart. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to give Epiphone players the, the chance to be able to have diamond apples because it's cool. It's yeah. like fierce and it's like, you know, I'd rather spend 900 bucks on something with diamond apples than, you know, r ruin my entire savings account. So well, let's go back in time. What got you to the Sheridan in the first place? Why? Why did you grab that one off the wall of the many guitars that you could have gravitated towards? Because um, it was the closest thing to the Lucille that oh. BB King played, and I got really, really into blues in college, and um, it was what I could afford as a college kid. Yeah. And so I was like, that's the one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I played that thing forever, and I, I still have it. It's in like the back of my closet, and it just—it just looks like it—it—it it, it needs to retire. It's yeah. so beat up. Like I tried to play it the other day, and I, it was like, "Please stop!" You know? it's like, <laughs> I was just begging for it mercy. Was like, no. <laughs> like, no more. But anyway, that's—I mean—that's how this was born, and I—I—I um, I, I love playing it. It's so much fun, and it just feels like a part of me. And then. Um, I've also got my signature on. This is actually the, the first prototype, so oh, okay. the signature is gold, but on the, the models that you can buy, it's black, like matte black, so you can't really see it, which is great, because personally, I don't like to play signature guitars, you know? Except if it's your own. Except my own. Because <laughs> like when I go into a music shop and I see like a signature guitar that's obviously someone's signature guitar, I'm like, that's not mine. Yeah. You know? That doesn't feel like me. That's somebody else's sound. So I wanted to like give people the opportunity to play something that felt like their own. Um, 
So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of that. It's got age. Brush I love the hardware. age hardware. Yeah, and yeah. the pickup covers too. Trying to make it look a little more expensive than it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now going back to the semi-hollow, how did that inform what became the Emily Wolf sound? Because you know, like you said. You're not afraid of noise. You want the feedback. So how is that part of what you do on stage and have been doing since, you know, college years? Yeah, it, it really came out of a lot of touring and a lot of experimenting. I front a three-piece band. So there's not, there's like so much ground to cover sonically. Um, and if I had like a single coil Strat or like a Tele or something, I couldn't get like the, you know, like real there's so much sustain and body in it and it just like it covers the whole mid-range spectrum which is like my responsibility as the only guitar player yeah. in the band so i mean i i mean it's it's funny because people are like the thing's so big i'm like yeah that's what i want yeah. i want a heavy and a big guitar because i want to wrestle with it on stage like i mean i want to just like you know make it hurt like the other one I had. <laughs> I Soon enough, why. this one's going to be moaning and groaning. Yeah, it's going to give me two years and it'll be like, please, Put me stop. down. <laughs> but I don't know, that's why. I mean, and I love humbuckers, so, um, Talk yeah. to me about how you landed on those specific ones, because I know between Epiphone and Gibson, they have a, lot, a big line of humbuckers. How would you get to those yeah. El Nico Pros? These are based on the stock pickups in the Sheridan. Okay. So... And the reason why I like these is because they're pretty dark. And like, I know a lot of people like, you know, they want like a clear pickup and like really clear. But for me, like personally, my taste, I like a dark pickup because I want to get my tone out of my pedals because I love pedals. So this to me is like a paintbrush. The pedals are my colors okay. and that's my canvas. And so if the pickups for me are too bright, it's like, it just, it doesn't, it like pierces my brain, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, when you go to a show and the guitar player's tone is just so gnarly bright, like I have to leave the show. You so. don't go on Broadway because okay. <laughs> uh, that is the king of the ice pick tone. Dude, I can't. Which is great. We love country guitar. Love it. Dude. But, uh, you know, we love John Bollinger too. He's a country guitar master, but <laughs> it's ice pick to the brain. Yeah. And I can't do it. I mean, like I would rather add brightness to a darker guitar than try and take away so much brightness because it's like it just like it kills me man and like especially because i play a bunch of different size venues like sometimes i'll play venues at this size sometimes i'll play stages that are literally the size of my board yeah. and like i have to really like kind of work with the way the sound is set up because at this stage in my career i i can't take a sound person with me on the road yeah um, and so I'm at the mercy of the sound person and what mics they use and what the floor, if it's concrete, if it's brick wall, if it's like a warehouse, like the, the environment really affects the tone of things. And so if I show up with something darker, then I'm kind of safe. You know, I'm not, I'm going to avoid You can that. build from that. Yes. Yeah. So that's now, my approach with it. But. It's funny. We'll get into the pedals uh, after we've discussed more guitars and your amp, but I bet the way that you've structured your pedals is because of that darkness of that very first Sheridan. So it's funny how, and we've talked to many guitarists that have that, where they, they go down a path with a certain sound or a certain pickup or a guitar, right. and everything branches off that. It's yeah. so like if you start out with a completely different guitar, and that was your guitar, a Strat or a Tele or whatever, 
be different. Your, your pedals will be way different. And so it's funny that like you're comp not compensating, but you're changing what you're starting with on the brush. For sure. Yeah. And there's so many different options too. Like, you know, it's funny because I, I could see a world where people see this and they're like, why don't you just have this guitar and this amp and you just plug it in and that's it. It's like, yeah. well, because I want to step down. I want to do things on the fly that are just so weird and creative because that's what makes it fun for me. And so the more options, the better, you know, within reason, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and I've just gotten so used to the shape of this because I toured for so long yeah. with it. And it just nothing really feels like home to me other than a 335 style. It allows you to be free on stage and just create and totally. uh, yeah. play for the audience. Yeah. Now, what should we know about tunings on this one and strings? Yeah, so I'm using Ernie Ball Slinky Cobalts 10 to 46. Um, and this is just a standard tuning. Okay, so it's um, always guitar. in standard. Sometimes Sorry. you've got the capo, I'm sure. Yeah, sometimes the capo. Um, or drop D, you know, in this. Which is a quick fix. Um, yeah, just easy peasy. And yeah, this, uh, I have to give a shout out to Divine Noise because he made me, Gil made me a cable that matches the hardware. So it's like a oh. gold quarter inch that I like, I'm obsessed with. That's rad. <laughs> it's like, um, shout out. But yeah, um, just standard tuning and, and yeah, this one's pretty basic. What about uh, picks? People like to know about picks. Picks, jazz threes, man. Really? 0.88 gauge. Those are so tiny. Dude, I, I have like tiny little hands, like little, little, little tiny ball, uh, bear paws. hands, yeah. <laughs> <Raccoon> <laughs> it's just like, you know. <laughs> uh, but so like every other pick feels so big to me. Um, and then like the cool thing about these, like, you know, you can get like, like those crazy like. It's like that Stevie Ray Vaughan like rake thing yeah. that is really easy for me with jazz three picks. Um, with big ones, it's like I just can't do it. It like doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I've, I've tried to like if I'm like, can I have a spare pick? And somebody hands me like a plastic like just big triangle. I'm just like, I, never mind. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like no. <laughs> but, yeah. So I know we have another one back there. You talked uh, off camera that is a backup, but we have a, a, a new arrival, we'll say, yeah. that everyone's probably seen and heard. Yes. But let's uh, talk about this white beauty. Yeah, this is um, the white wolf, and the finish is aged bone white. So it's kind of like a matte white. Um, the White Walker edition. Dude, hell yeah. <laughs> I should have got like blue, like piercing blue. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like GOT, yeah. like Game of Thrones. And <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I just have this in drop C. Well, it's not really drop C, it's a really weird tuning. Well, explain. So it's 12 to 60 gauge strings. They're Diodario drop Cs. And um, so the tuning is C, G, C, E, A, and D. Um, is that song based? Like, I'm sure there's certain songs you use. Totally. For that. Yeah. So like, like, there's a song off my record coming out this fall called Road to Ruin, and it's really gnarly, but it's like. <laughs> And then like the riff for the single that just came out last week, Walk In My Shoes, it's like. 
So, am, am I talking to the Queens of Stone Age now? Are you Josh? I was, I was going for it. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was going for. I was like, all right, if I could put my vocals on some Queens shit, like, let's go. So, um, that was the goal, you know, to make a protest anthem with, you know, liberal kind of underlying tones about yeah. um, bodily autonomy. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, rope in the Queens fans, rope in the, the, the Guitar, rock fans. Yeah, and be like, get the riffs. There's a message, though. But cover them in a big warm blanket of riffage. Yeah, yes. And everyone's dancing. And then we're all free. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, yeah. is this spec-wise the same as the, the black one? The exact same guitar, okay. yeah. Um, and I, but you know, I wanted to throw like I, I was like, can I get this thing to hold the drop? See, I did have to file this slightly to get the C. Oh, the bigger strings. Gauge string in there to sit, but I mean, works. So nice. <laughs> now, there's one last guitar that we need to see in here, and yeah. uh, I don't think it needs an introduction. That double neck, yeah. Um, this was actually, this was actually my um, bass player Evan's idea. He's right back there, my best friend. Evan's brother, got good ideas. My brother in tone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were sitting. At, am I allowed to curse on this? Absolutely. Okay, tight. You better fucking do it. Okay. <laughs> so we were in a hotel room, in like Cleveland or some shit, like. Because there's nothing else to do in Cleveland. We were just like sitting there, and he was like, dude. I was like, what? He's like pounding trail mix. He's like, you ever tried a double neck? And I was like, no. And then it began. And so like, he was like, dude, if you want to like fucking just flop that dick on the table, double neck. And I was like, let's fucking go. So now I bring it out at every show, and it's just so much fun to play. So and like, yeah. Before Evan put that seed in your brain, was there a song that needed a double neck or did you kind of shoehorn the double neck into the set based on what you've already created through your uh, discography? So there was a, there's a T-Rex cover called The Slider that I do. Um, and it's got this kind of like dropsy, like rhythm-y kind of. And then the solo is, is standard because it's like, it's just cool because it's basically two different guitars, but like right there, uh -huh. it's not just a six string standard tune and then a six string regular Yeah, it's drop C and then standard. So but 12 string. Yeah. And then like, and then I'll switch real quick back. So it's really fun to do and it's like a fun challenge for me live because it's like okay i've got 0.5 seconds to switch these and then but it was honestly like trying to learn another instrument because all of these switches do different things yeah, like you're... this is like top you know both which is like not good because <laughs> like you can hear the reverberation of both guitars if you have this on and then that's just this one and it mutes this but this is pickup selectors for this guitar, and this is pickup for that, selectors for this guitar. But the cool thing about this other part is like, I wanted like even lower output for certain parts. So I put this cover 
over this pickup mm -hmm. to, and it's like kind of raised and it's farther away from the poles. So it's like not as, um, it's like more kind of Velcro-y like. Like there, there's, it's almost like a bias knob is, is um, somehow in there now, but yeah, it's just the cover that's like. Just enough yeah. to change and it, it up. And it kind of looks like punk rock to me. Yeah. But yeah. That thing is gnarly, but I love it. It's, I it seems it. like for me, it would take m maximum amount of brain power to figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. But you, but you get used to it. You know, it's like the same thing. Like I felt the same way with this switcher that I have on my board. I was like, how am I ever going to do this? But then it's like, you know, you, you would nail it. I know it. You would be, it'd be so great. You, you have more look. confidence in me than myself. Do you want to try it on? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the internet already hates me enough. What? Uh, we you want to mean. go uh, back to the black wolf. Cool. The dire wolf. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about the DeVille. Let's do it. Okay. Because when we spoke in 2020, I know at that time we're all home. Mm -hmm. But you used to tour with the uh, Concert Reverb. I did. Big 410. I did. So um, why is that retired? Is that one beg for mercy as well, just like your old guitar? Uh, yes, honestly. It's like, <laughs> it, we were talking about this earlier, but like it's just starting to just die, and it's kind of turned into this like art piece in my studio. And I kind of look at it like I toured with that thing, you know, in the same way that I look at my Sheridan from yeah. back in the day. It's like... Yeah, that was the start of my career. Now this is the evolution. So, but the thing I like about this is it's like it's got like no character. <laughs> so, yeah. So I get to pick what character it is with pedals. Um, but so it's just like, a stock Deville. Totally stock. Like um, I haven't changed the speakers, groove tubes. It's like just middle of the road, but it gets really loud. And I I do think that the EQ curve in that mid that mid knob is really sick. Would, um, and then, but yeah, that's it. Uh, only thing I've modded is the color of the bulb, which is blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, when we spoke at home again, as at home projects as, as we did to fill the time, is that you used to work on making microphones. Yeah. And surprise, not surprise, but you have a 57 standard issue. Why not do something more funky with your mics when it comes to live, live that's sound? A good question. I think because of where I'm at in my career, it's very like, all right, get to the venue. What does the sound person have? Let's go. Yeah. And then, it, so instead of me trying things, you know, getting to a, a barn in Kentucky to play and being like, I have a condenser mic for my, <laughs> my amp. Is that how condenser mic people act? Uh, maybe, yeah, I have my condenser <laughs> mic, but. <laughs> Opens it out of a case. <laughs> I mean, one day, one day, you know, I'll be able to choose more because I'm a big fan of just the 57 mirror image. That's the thing, yeah. you know, like it's very, like, very honest in terms of what it feeds the audience. But, um, the, yeah, I, you know, whenever I show up to a venue and it's like somebody's got that like Sennheiser what is it, E906? The square, I think it's, yes. Yeah, 609 or something? See, the 609 or 906. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because it's got that crazy bite in it. It's yeah. like this, like, no. So I always, like, I essentially adjust my tone to whatever is there mm -hmm. at the venue. Um, and, like, whatever the venue is, you know? So one day I'll, I'll do mics, though. Got it. But, yeah. 
Well, let's get into the dance of the pedals. And I, I want to start with the OCD because I know that's such a big part of your tone. Yeah. How did that become like the, the, the hub of everything else that's going on? That, that pedal's not the one that ever changes. It's not. I can't get away from it because it, it honestly, like the feel of it. Yeah, is, what does it do that you enjoy so much that it's, it's undeniable? Just, it's so touch sensitive for this guitar and that amp for some reason. Um, It has to be EQ'd, like. In what way? So underneath the board. Oh, okay. I've got EQ, um, and it's got. There's so much. Like, listen to this shit. Like, with, without the EQ, I would never be heard. Like, my bass players, all the the the, the sonic ground he covers, that you, I would never hear it unless I cranked it to like the heavens. Yeah. And like And it still wouldn't be very defined. Totally. Yeah. And like the thing is, I've learned that the the, the best approach to live stuff is lower stage volume because you know if and, and that's the point of the EQ is so I can keep my amp at a like really reasonable volume. So like it's on two right now and like <laughs> But there's so much like blah, you know it just flubs so like it has to be EQ'd but I can't get away from the OCD because of the touch and like it just sounds like a pedal that is very familiar to me like it, it as soon as I played it for the first time I was like that's the sound and I just can't like get away from it yeah yeah so you got the crutch for it we got the MXR yeah. six-band EQ there yeah and what's let's lead into the next one because I see another EQ pedal what's that for that is for my dirt transmitter. Okay. And my King of Tone. Um, and the thing about the King of Tone is I, I love the King of Tone, but there is a lot of bottom end when you pair it with a 335. And especially when I'm on the neck pickup, which I am a lot, because I love the sustain that you get out of it. Can we can we hear it like an AB, like with, yeah. with it off? So it's off now. So I use the King of Tone, I use the clean side because I love it so much. <laughs> that's off but in a band context and that's like the most important part yeah like you got to take the bottom in it oh yeah you know like because the, the bottom in it's just like it's in the way uh but yeah so that that eq the eq curve for the dirt transmitter and the king of tone are very similar okay um and it's just taking the lows down a bit and then the mids up a bit and that's it um so yeah. So walk us through what else you got on top here and then how you're using it with this mastermind. Yeah, so this is like my main, the Dirt Transmitter by Earthquaker is like my main fuzz. And the thing I love about it. Yeah, let's hear this thing. Is like, well, so I pair it with a tentacle, which is also under the board. Which is an octave up, right? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But you gotta put it before. Um, 
and it sounds like total garbage by itself. Yeah. That tentacle. But if you put it in, in front of gain, out of control. Game changer. Yes, it's like. So that's like with it. Okay. And then without. Like it's still a great fuzz, yeah. but but I'm on the I neck pickup for like the sustain. So to get it to like poke out a little bit, it's like. You know? Yeah, I dig that. Um, so yeah. Now what's the, uh, another octave or kind of octave-ish pedal is the pitchfork. How are you using that? So I'm using the pitchfork only for the low octave. Okay, down. And it's, it's just the one, so there's like three options. It's like one octave down, two octaves down, three octaves down, which is nuts. So I just yeah. go, <laughs> like, anyway, um, but like one, so I just go to one and then I pair that with a fuzz. Which is fitting because we're in the house of Jack White. You gotta, you know, you're yeah. representing that octave down in the fuzz. True, it's yeah. true. But then there's also that octave up. up from the top, from the beginning of that chain. So it's very like full. Yeah, that that's the song where Evan goes get a sandwich or something because you're covering <laughs> you're covering all the sonic ground. <laughs> yeah. What else is in the top of the board that we should see uh, top or hear? Top of the board. I think we saw a little mini pink guy. Is that like a delay or chorus? Yes, this is that little Ibanez analog delay that I love. You put that in a little, put in your pocket and get out of here. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Just going to the gig. <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. I mean, I used to have a DD500 that I loved, but I started to notice that I was only, I had three different delays set. It was like slap, medium, and then long uh -huh. programmed in there. And I noticed that I was only using the long delay. So I was like, why don't I just get like half of, you know, like just like, well, a third of that pedal, which is what this is for. But it's like, you can get some really cool sounds. Like, and the carbon copy does this, but the carbon copy is just way too fucking dark, man. It's like out of control with this guitar. So like, it's just mud, but mm. um, like. It's like, okay, yeah, it's like you gotta catch it like in a cool way. And if that if that happens live, I'm like, oh Yeah, I was gonna say, like yeah. so you you like flying without a net in that regard where you'll get down and manipulate things. Yeah. Good or bad. Totally. <laughs> it's yeah. here we are. If it's bad, I'll be like, all right, fuck this and just like keep playing. But if it's cool, I'll stay down there and just like oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, give Evan like a and he's like checking this out. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. But yeah, so there's that, and then the very first thing in my chain is the Cali 76, which I used to not like compression, but I love it now. Really? It, it's just like, it's... I remember you saying you didn't like it because you didn't like how it affected the amp and kind of squashed things. Totally. So this is a good squash. Well... A subtle squash. 
yeah, it's like it's super transparent. So you can't like, you know, no disrespect to Keeley, but like the four knob one is not for me because I can hear it. Mm. Like, it's just there's a color to it that I'm like, that is just like not my thing. But the Cali, it's 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 more of a touch thing. Like I can't hear it at all in my tone, which is what I want. But I can I can feel it, which is what I that's the goal. For that's me, what you need. Compression, you know, and it makes everything just easier and like just butter. So I imagine that's an always on thing. Always on. Okay, and then flanking on the, the bottom here of the mastermind, you got uh, Juliana chorus and yeah. the flint. How are you using these guys? Ooh, this chorus is my favorite chorus in the world because it doesn't sound like cheesy '80s, and there's Aww, so come many. On. <laughs> Look, I love the '80s, but you know, we're in an era now where it's like, I can't, I know that I can't recreate the coolness of 80s. Yeah. So it's like. Fair enough. Every every pedal besides this one that's a chorus, I'm just like, I can't, I can't get it to sound cool. So like this one is so sick though, because like, especially with a fuzz, like I wanted some kind of modulation that would make it interesting, mm. but not lame. So like. <laughs> So it's like there's that like wobble, but it's not like, you know, fucking like hair I metal. Mean, there's a time and place for that though. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I do love some hair metal, but like for me, it's like I don't want to do that. That's all right. <laughs> I know there's a in, there's an internal Shreddy Kruger inside you. It's It'll there. come out at some point. It, sometimes it do. Mel, <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been introducing it and uh, putting it back in its place. But the Flint, how are you using that? Mm, it's my favorite, man, because it's got those three different. Um, yeah, for both sides, the reverb and the, the the trim has three different settings. The reverb's so killer, like. You can go 60 spring, you know. Like that's so rad. Yeah. Or and I'm usually on the 70s one. Cuz it just sounds more like me. And then 80s. I was going to say if you're going to the 80s. It's just a little too much for me. So the 70s is my thing. Like I'm always on the 70s. And then 65 photo, that thing chops like a motherfucker. Like check this out, it's fucking dope. Yeah, and it's maxed out setting. That that goes to some Johnny Marr territory. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I love that pedal. I love the Flint. Big fan. And you have the Mastermind. You kind of alluded to it. Was like a was it a steep learning curve or what? what like had apprehension about it for you? Oh my God. Well, it's just so intimidating looking. I mean, I I had this thing. Actually, it's on my. It's on Evan's board now. It's a flex reaction, and it has the analog dip switches, so you can like clearly see what you're doing. A little doing more intuitive. And, yeah, easy, like user friendly, and like it took me literally forever to to learn how to use the Mastermind. So many tutorials online, but it was so worth it because 
I just, I, it's, as a lead of a band, like I've got to sing, I've got to be in tune, I've got to play lead guitar and rhythm guitar, I've got to captivate an audience and keep an audience, and like I don't have time to like, you know? Yeah. Like there's no space in my brain for it. So the way that I use it is I just kind of looked at all the songs I have and and listed out like the thread of common tones and there's seven of them and so every setting here there's just seven different tones mm -hmm. um and then a built-in tuner which i love but so i don't i don't change anything ever it's just very like that's how it is you know just programmed that way um i tried midi with it, I, it the thing about midi for me is like it's cool but it really limits me with, with the on the fly stuff. Yeah. You know, because like if I program like, okay, well here's a long delay, boom. Yeah, I can step on it easy, but then I can't like experiment on mm -hmm. the fly. So, um, the the flint, and the delay, are outside of the RJM. So the, those get the boot individually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, Emily, I really appreciate you making the time to do this. Uh, we, we, we talked on the internet, now it's great to be in the flesh with you and yeah. uh, getting to hear this gnarly setup in person. I thank you so much. Dude, my pledge. And this is so fun. And if I can uh, advocate for anyone to come see The Wolf on tour, <laughs> she's coming to a city near you. Sounds like she's got a new record coming out soon. So uh, check it out. Check her out. Check us out. See you guys later. Check us out. <laughs> Catch me outside. <laughs>